We continue Beis Hashem, the next Mishnayis over here in Perikei. We're holding, I want to do two of these Mishnayis. Um, Pashtos Mishnavov, Mishnahei, sorry Mishnahei. Asora Nisim Nasula Voseinu B'Mitzrayim, Vasora Layam. There were ten miracles that were performed for our ancestors in Egypt on the Yam. Ten plagues that the Rabbani Shalom brought on the Egyptians in Mitzrayim, and ten in the Yam. Okay? Um, and we'll just do Mishnah Vav at the same time. There were ten trials that uh, and our ancestors tested the Rabbani Shalom in the Midbar. As it says, Shinemar and they did not listen to my voice. So there's a very, very interesting idea that I want to bring out specifically from the first Mishnah that we mentioned today. This idea of Nisoyinus we seem to be talking about a lot. We talked about the last couple of Mishnahis, the idea of a Nisoyin, a test, which is, as we mentioned last time, crucial to our personal growth and avoidance Hashem, is there needs to be tests. Because without tests, we wouldn't get anywhere. If life was just smooth sailing and easy going, eh, I don't know how much we would work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody came over to me about the Shabbos program in Yeshiva. It's too hard, like, you know, is it okay if I don't do this, 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 and I can still come on the trip. And I'm like, well, I'd love you on the trip, but at the end of the day, the idea of the program is in order to try and push your limits just a little bit more. Because that's how you grow. How is a guy going to grow in Shabbos Kodesh if he doesn't push beyond what he thinks he's capable of doing? And so often a guy will say, wow, I didn't know I could do that. How many times have I heard that after the Duffball Pair program that we have in Yeshiva, of a guy who's like, wow, I didn't know I could actually say over a whole Duffball Pair it shows that when you push sometimes and go beyond the limit, that we're able to accomplish much more and even admit it and even shock sometimes even ourselves. So that's the idea of an Nisoyen. The idea of an Nisoyen is that the Rebunshim gives it to us specifically so that we can be able to improve ourselves. And we're coming after Yontav of Pesach, where I'm assuming most of us heard on Seder night and beyond the Gaval Ganisim that the Rabbani Shem did for us in Mitzrayim, Alayam, Shvi, Shal, Pesach, Oz, Yoshe, Moyedik, unbelievable things going on over there, and that is what this mission and the first mission is telling us, is that the Rabbani Shem went through the ten miracles in Mitzrayim, the ten plagues, and of course the ten miracles at the sea, which actually happened as well, which is also very, very interesting. All of the plagues that happened at the sea, I'm not going to go through them right now, but some of them we know clearly when Claudius went through Kriyas Yamsov, they didn't go through muddy floor, which is what it should have been if the lake, if the water separated, but rather they went through dry land. The Possek tells us clearly that was a Gavaldaganes. The way that the Egyptians, that Claudius saw with their own eyes, smashed into the walls of the sea, which shouldn't have been that way. It should have just been flowing into them, but they smashed into it like a hard wall was another nace that they saw over there. According to many Midrashim, the uh, the sea split into 12 different tunnels. So each shavet, each tribe, had the ability to go in there. By the way, I saw a beautiful idea. 
from, we're in the building of Kalev. So I want to tell you a Mayudik of the Heilige Kalev Rebbe, which actually was said over Rabbi Falk, that's Alan Gate said. He said this in Shvishal Pesach Rashem, the Heilige Kalev Rebbe. Listen to this. It's a beautiful idea. The Kalev Rebbe said, just because just I mentioned that, and it's good for you to listen to this. The Kalev Rebbe said that Chazal tell us that the sea, when it split, it split into 12 different sections, different tunnels. So each Shevet had their own tunnel. What does that show? That shows that there is different Mahalchem in Klal Yisrael. Right? Each Shevet has their Mahalach, has, has their, you know, Mahalach HaChaim, has their, you know, their idea why they're brought into the world, okay? And therefore they each needed their own tunnel, which is beautiful. And it's to be understood. But he said a beautiful addition. You know what that is? The addition was, what was the wall that separated the tunnel from one to the next? Water. Which is basically transparent. You can see. Which means, says the Kalev Rebbe, that you have your Mahalach and he has his Mahalach, but be able to see each other. Be able to see someone in a reflective way, in a transparent way, that that's his Mahalach. Don't bash somebody else. Never bash the way somebody serves Hashem. Never bash the way that somebody does his Mahalach Avoidah Hashem, his Mahalach Achayim, his Avoidah. And that's the beautiful idea from the Kalav Rebbe. How yes, Kalal needs their own different paths because we're all different. And we all need different ways of serving Hashem and it's beautiful. But, but, that's the important thing. Much of what we spoke about this morning by the email share, which I suggest if you didn't hear it, listen to the email share. We spoke a lot about this idea. Very, very crucial ideas. But the idea is we all need our own mahalak, but we also have to have the ability, and it takes ability, to see somebody else's mahalak. So the Kalev Rebbe, that's why in between, was uh, a wall, but it was transparent. So there are many, many nisim that happened to Klal Yisrael that we saw, that our ancestors saw, that reported to us, and that's, that's what we're coming from. The next Mishnah told us something, which I want to mention specifically, and that is that our forefathers basically challenged Hashem. And uh, when they were in the Midbar, and the Pasuk says, Hashem said they tested me ten times and I, you know, didn't listen to me. So, in contrast to Avram Avinu, who passed the ten tests and proved his worth, our forefathers, Chazal Telas, actually rebelled against Hashem ten times. And eventually that ended with what? With the Miraglim, with the spies, and of course, Tishabav as we know it today, which was just about a year after they left Mitzrayim. Can you imagine? They left Mitzrayim. They saw in front of their eyes the most amazing miracles. They saw it. They saw the plagues. They saw Kriyas Yamsov. They came out, Kabiyachal saw the Rabbi's hand. A year later, Tishabav. Why? Because they rebelled against Hashem in the Midbar. And it culminated in the reports that were given against Eretz Yisrael. And they were angry, Kabiyachal, against Hashem. What's going to be? What's with us? Let's go back, back to Mitzrayim. All of those tainas, where's the food? Where's the steak? Where's the cucumbers, watermelon, onions? All of those things that Torah tells us clearly. What happened to Klal Yisrael? And yet they saw miracles. They clearly saw miracles. By the way, what were these tests? Maybe I should say them. Do the Olam know how Klal Yisrael, Kabiyachal, tested Hashem? The Olam knows what they are? How do we test Hashem? Okay? Should I say them? Yeah, I'm saying to the Olim, you, you know who they are? You know who they are. Okay, so I'll tell you just in case. There were two of them by Kriyas Yamsuf, by the Yamsuf, when they saw in front of them the Yam, and they saw behind them the Egyptians who were trying to pursue them, they went to Moshe Rabbeinu, there's no graves in Egypt? Well, you have to take us to the Midbar to die over here? 
Well, what the, that's the way you speak? Really? Well, what's going on over here? The second one is when they, when they came up from the sea, they saw the ten miracles. They were still afraid. The Gemara tells us, they were still scared. They were still, oh, it's going to be, maybe they're going to get us. Come on. You saw it in front of your face. What are you, what are you, what are you hacking? There were two with the water. When they came to Mara, they weren't able to drink and they complained to Moshe Rabbeinu very disrespectfully. Come on. Moshe Rabbeinu, where's our drink? Come on. Moshe Rabbeinu has been, has been, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Shliach. He managed to get you everything you needed until now. All of a sudden, now you're complaining? Number two, after they came and camped at Rafidim, there was no water, which again, Kali saw went against Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, hello? Coke Zero, where is it? It's ridiculous. Two with the Mon. Even though, even though Moshe Rabbeinu told over to Klalisol, don't leave anything left over. They didn't leave, they, many of Klalisol didn't listen. And they left over. Why? Because they weren't sure what tomorrow is going to bring Yaakov. They weren't sure if they're going to have any, any food. Moshe then said, what happens? Don't go to Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh, there's not going to be any mon. What happened? Klalisol went. Uh, again. Until Moshe Rabbeinu says, this is ridiculous. How long is it going to be? How many complaints can I take? And two with the mon, of course, as well. They complained as well. One with the Egel Azov, one with the, in, in the, in the midbar of desert of Poran, whatever, many, many different things. Rabbi Say. Why is this mission important? Why is everything we said right now so crucial to our lives as we always try to plug in Perkyovas to our lives? So I think the answer is simple. Very simple, very profound, very important. It's in one word. It's called gratitude. Kalal Yisrael saw with their own eyes the most amazing Nisim that no one has ever seen before since the creation of the world. They saw everything. And yet, they had the audacity to complain to the Rabbi Nishalolam for that which they didn't have yet. How do you do that? You know what the answer is? They didn't have gratitude. They didn't recognize that Korosatoyah that they have to have to the Rabbi Nishalolam for everything that they had got until then and everything that the Rabbanishim had done to them until that stage. And that is why a year after Kriyas Yamsov, a year after leaving Mitzrayim, you would have thought they're on the highest level. This is the greatest Kalali soul ever. But yet, they fell. And why? And this is what Chazal is telling us over here. Chazal is telling us over here that they had a moment of forgetfulness. They didn't recognize the Rabbanishim's kindness. And that's something that's important, something that we've spoken about many times. If you were by Shalashidas, we just spoke about it now with the Heiliger Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, who are instituted into Nusuk Sfar Tefillah, Hodul Hashem Kitoi Kido Olam Chazdoi, Kapitel Kuf Zayin 107, in Tehillim, to say right before Shabbos Kodesh, why do we say Kapitel Kuf Zayin, Hodul Hashem Kitoi Kido Olam Chazdoi, right before we enter Shabbos? It's the no Shaykh to Shabbos Kodesh doesn't even mention Shabbos Kodesh in the Tehillim. Why are we saying it? Let's talk about a capital that mentions the Kedusha of Shabbos Kodesh. We're mentioning Kodesh Hashem Kedosh Kedosh Mchazdoi. Very nice. Thanking Hashem. Okay. So anyway, we should do it every day. Why now? Why have Shabbos? So we answered Shalashidus and we said, Chazor for those that were there and for those that weren't there, I want to give it to you now. The Heilige Mare Naim explains Pshat. The Mare Naim explains, you know why? Because the whole week we're busy. And we don't have so much time for the Rabbi Nishraim. And we don't have so much time to think about what Hashem has given us in our lives. Shabbos Kodesh comes, everything stops. 
Shabbos Kodesh comes and now we have the opportunity or we should have the opportunity to recognize what we have and thank Hashem. So the Baal Shem Kodesh, right before Shabbos Kodesh, you stop your week, you put away your work and you put away your computer and you put away your phone and you put everything away and now you're going to spend 24 hours with the Melech Malchem Nochem, with the Reboi Nishel Olam, the Boi Olam. Appreciate everything you have in your lives. The Bashantov says a modikavot. The Bashantov says, we say in Kiddush on Friday night, Aloshan Vayinofash. Right? Recognize that? Familiar? Vayinofash. In Kiddush Friday night. What does Vayinofash mean? Anyone know? So the Gemara tells us Vayinofash is made up of a few different words. Vayda of the Nofash. Woe is to me that I lost my nefesh. I lost, it's referring to the Neshama Yisera that we receive on Shabbos Kodesh. And we're saying that after Shabbos, we're going to lose it. We're going to leave, we're going to take leave of our Neshama Yisera. We will no longer have our Neshama Yisera. Everybody asks, so why are you saying it Friday night? Say it not to Shabbos, or say it maybe by Mincha. As Shabbos is about to leave, say, Oi, Vayinavash, woe is to us that we're going to leave our Neshama Yisera. Friday night, we still have a Neshama Yisera for 20 more hours. Why are we singing Friday night? You know what the Baal Shem Tov says? Such a beautiful idea. So the Haliga Baal Shem Tov. Because so many times we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. The moment it's gone, then we appreciate it. So we're saying Friday night, while we still got 20 or more hours of Shabbos Kodesh, remember Chaparain, you've got your Neshama Yaseira, because it's going to go soon. If you say it more to Shabbos, or right before Shabbos is going to leave, Oi, it's already going, too late to enjoy it, to, to, to Chaparain. We say it Friday night when we know we still have a lot more time, changes everything. But you know what that means? That means that we should all, every single one of us, take away from this Mishnah. Think about the wonderful things that we do have. Yes, there are many things that we want, many things that we need, many things we think we want, we think we need. The mice are so much that we have. There is so much that we have. And again, I speak for myself. This is something that we all have to work on. It's a lifetime of work. It doesn't take simple thinking about it and you're done for life. But at least think about it. At least go through your life and think about it. I was recently in Antwerp. Uh, as you know, I went for a not good reason that I hope never to travel for such a reason to go and accompany one of the boys to bury his father. And somebody came to somebody came to see me, whatever, and he gave me a ride back to the airport. The kids said one of his a list of everything he doesn't have and everything he wants and everything that's terrible and everything that's not working out. And I gave him an exercise to do every day. Think about two things, write them down on your phone, on a piece of paper, whatever it is, that which you have, which the Rabbanim has given you. Enjoy it, recognize it, highlight it, bold it, underline it, appreciate it. The mission over here is telling us, Klali saw, saw the greatest things in the world, but they missed one word, and that's gratitude. Hakorosatoyv, by the way, does not come naturally. We are not born with a midah of Hakorosatoyv. How do we know that? A baby is born how? With its hands closed. Why? Because he wants everything. A man leaves the world with the hands open because he realizes he has nothing anyway. Every child has no regard for anyone else, only himself. Horaya, a, a, a one, a one day old baby and beyond for many months sometimes could be crying at three, four, five, six in the morning. Ah, mommy wants to go to sleep. Tati wants to sleep. Baby doesn't care. I, I, I want a bottle. I'm hungry right now. I need to change my... You know, I, that's, yeah, kids are kids. That's how they are. So we're not naturally born with our Korosatoyv. We don't naturally have gratitude for all those around us. But it's something we have to work on. And by the way, I know that the owner want to start marriage. 
let this be the start of the marriage series. Because there is no greater midah than gratitude that can help in your marriage. It can help in every relationship, with your roommates, with your parents, with your siblings, with, with workmates, with your friends, your chavrusas, your rebbeim, everyone. But with your, with, your, with your wife, it's the greatest thing in the world. You have gratitude, you appreciate, and again, I speak, I'm speaking for myself, literally. I, I, I have to work on this. This is a lifetime of work. Takes a long time. And work, we're working on this together. We're doing proof of us together. I'm with you on this. I'm trying to work on the things that we're working on here together. But both sides, gratitude. That's where it begins. You start to see, but you have to see. You train your eye to see that which you have. Then automatically, your brain will shift to always see that which you have and not that which you don't have. And then you'll start to appreciate it. It's not something that we naturally are born with. It's something we have to work on. It's one of the greatest things in a marriage or in any relationship. And if you work on it, you will see that relationship go incredibly well. Because we all know ourselves. When people have gratitude to us, what do you want? What happens? And we've said this before. What happens if you buy someone, you buy your roommate something? He doesn't acknowledge it. Or if he does, it's like, eh. Or like, thanks. Are you, how inclined are you to buy it again for him? Not so much. Or let's say you buy Asherat, and your roommate calls you up and says, oh, you buy Asherat, do me a favor. Could you buy me a couple of uh, bottles of water, whatever it is? You're like, sure, no problem. You come back, you schlepped it back. It's not easy, right? You schlepped it, especially now in the heat, you schlepped it back. You come back, you expect like he's going to say like, oh, wow, I really appreciate it. He goes, thanks. Like, oh, you know, next time, I think you go schlep your own water. But imagine if he comes to you and says, thank you so much, I really appreciate it. That's exaggerated, but you know what I'm saying? You feel that he appreciates it. Next time you're in Asher, you're going to buy it for him? Of course. Gratitude is the same thing. The more we have gratitude to the Rabbani Shlolem, the more he wants to give us. The more we have gratitude to our wives and to our people that we have a relationship with, the more they want to do for us. Now, that's not why we have gratitude. We have gratitude because we, as people, as human beings, as Yidin, as Bnei Aliyah, we want to have gratitude. Moshe Rabbeinu is one of the greatest rise of this. Moshe Rabbeinu by the Makkas did not hit the yam. When he wanted to turn it to blood, he gave the stick to Aaron. Why? What, what's the reason? The yam saved him. Do you think the yam knows? Do you think the yam has feelings? That's very cute. That's what they tell you as kids. The yam doesn't have feelings. Because it's for him. Hakoros HaToyv is for us. We become better people. We become greater people. But we have to start by focusing on the good that we have in our lives. Those are these machinists. We'll continue with Hashem tomorrow.